This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. If they expect me to walk away from Luton with nothing... I'll make very sure there's nothing to walk away from. Hello and welcome back to the Oak Road Hatter Podcast. I'm Billy Mully, joined today by Jamie Castle and Kieran Robertson following yesterday's seven-goal thriller at Kenilworth Road. 4-3 Arsenal, Declan Rice grabbing the winner right at the death. Very disappointing in terms of how it played out, but I guess an immense sense of pride for the level of performance and how well we competed. It doesn't get any easier because, as, as well as talking about the Arsenal result, we look ahead to the next game, and that's Man City at home. Uh, very, very um, interesting fixture to talk about, um, especially just after playing Arsenal. It doesn't get any easier in this Premier League campaign. Jamie, first of all, how are you getting on, mate? Uh, yeah, not bad. It's... um. It's it, it's hard in these moments to feel positive, right? Um, obviously, there's always going to be that feeling of of what could have been. And I did see someone say it's football is crazy how you go into a game, um, not expecting much and just wanting to enjoy it, and then walking away feeling sick to the stomach. Like it's just it's crazy. Um, obviously, overriding feeling in in the medium to long term of of pride and. And um, just love for the, for the club and, and and the boys that left it all out there. But um, yeah, in 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 this current moment, just still feeling a bit down. 
Kieran, I guess it's a similar kind of feeling from your end today. Oh, mate, it's... Uh... <laughs> I got home at 2am yesterday. Um, it took me three and a half hours to get home from Luton when it normally takes me an hour and 40. So you can imagine how great me and Mickey felt in that car on the way home, knowing that it was taking double the time that it should have. Just, I left yesterday just sort of like, not knowing what to feel. Like, I've seen it before. Like, I think I said on the way out, I said to you, Bill, about how the last time I felt like this or similar as you look at, obviously, we had the Liverpool game where we nearly had a win, but we still got a point. So there was that little bit of, yeah, we got a point, though, like kind of helped a little bit. But then I think back to like when we went 3-0 up at Swansea and drew 3-3, that stank at the time because we were playing so well and we just let it slip. And I don't think this was one of let it slip. There's been a lot of discourse over Twitter and stuff, and we're going to obviously touch on all these sorts of things of, Oh, but it was past the six minutes added on. Oh, but this player was diving and this. Everyone's got all these reasons as to why it's unfair that they scored their goal. But you know what? It's it's shit now, but it is what it is. And it's one of those painful moments. And I felt sorry for the little lad that had to sit next to me yesterday because he obviously was loving life when he's thrown on my shoulders at 3-2 and Barkley scored and everyone's going mental. So then that heartbreak of 4-3 and I looked at him and I was like, you're okay? And he just kind of went, yeah, it'll be all right. And I was like, oh, that's your first proper Luton Town heartbreak. I remember my days. I remember when I was your size, mate. you got plenty of those to come, but hey, let's deep dive. Let's get into it. Yes, let's get straight into it with a bit of Too Good, Too Bad. We start, as always, as it, as it seems at the moment, with good old Stephen Castle. Too good, Eli getting a start and Ross Barkley, utter class, bad. Arsenal first goal came from absolutely nothing, complete giveaway and the second bad element, our own time-wasting in the last minute may have cost us. We go on to JP Walker, who's too good, was scoring three against league leaders. And his second was brave, bold performance at home. Going on to the two bad, naive, rash defending, conceding injury time goals is agonising, of course, not the first time we suffered that fate. Going on to Tommy, that Barkley goal, chef's kiss, the heart and performance from us. And the two bad elements, we are still leaky at the back. Not anyone's fault, it's just a problem that needs solving. And the second part, we need more discipline when it comes to the last seconds of the game. Of course, those last two were were quite similar, so we'll we'll go with that, Jamie. Um, Still leaky at the back, What that's seven goals now conceded in the last three halves of football, if you include include the the, um, Brentford game as well. Uh, All three goals were in the second half. It's weird because I think... Yesterday, looking back at the individual performances of the three defenders, I, I was impressed with Osho. I was impressed with Mengi again. Of course, there's there a couple of moments, a couple of shaky moments, but overall, two very good performances. And I thought Bell largely did okay as well. Um, so it's weird that we're talking about seven goals conceded in, what, 135 minutes of football, um, but not pinning too much blame on, on you know, mistakes. Yeah, you say it's a strange one. Um, I think 
Rob alluded to it alluded to it in his post match, right? Where it feels a bit weird after conceding four goals, but talking about a Thomas Kaminsky who's been unreal for us this season, having a fairly quiet night. Um, in that first half, in particular, if you break it down, um, their first goal, I, I called it a circus act to 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 you to, to you boys last night, and that's what it was. Um, last night is hard enough, but you can't be considering those goals against teams like Arsenal who are fighting for the title. Um, the second goal, um, more kudos to Arsenal than I guess bashing us, but. Still, yeah. I mean, from from an Arsenal from an Arsenal perspective, they're saying it's it's a great goal from from us. They're saying, well, we we can prevent various things, but that that let's be fairly level headed. I think, yeah, that those sort of goals you don't mind conceding against teams like Arsenal because you know what 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 they can do. But outside of those two goals, I I I'm I've, I'm fairly safe in thinking that I didn't think they had they had any other real chances. Um, so. Yeah, on the face of it, if you look, if you look across the ninety minutes, leaky at their back, yes, because obviously we scored four goals. That's a fact, right? You, you can't get get beyond. You, you can't look past the facts that that we still let in four goals last night. But beyond that, I think structurally, tactically, shape wise, I thought we were very very good. Um, and it's just weird that it, it's just the margins that, that are letting us down. It's is in those moments, and that's what makes it even more frustrating. Like if if we were being pulled apart by world class Saka, Martinelli, Jesus, and and like that they were camped in a half, then you'd think, well, they're just a better side. We're we're clearly far off off them, as you'd expect, given given the sort of the gap in 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 both financial might and experience at this level. Um, but we're not, and it's just the margins. And I think that will make that's what what makes it hurt even more is because we're not being battered or pulled apart. I mean, Brentford, I think, was was just a bit of an off, an off day. Clearly, we, we have to be much better than we were against Brentford um, if we're going to stay up. But then if you look at the games look at the games against the, the, the top six teams, like your Arsenal's and Liverpool's, we're very much in games and not really being pulled apart too much. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's too much you can do tactically, right? I think you just have to keep grinding out the performances and 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 just get 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 your heads your heads up and just sort of keep grinding through the games um but you just need to pay more attention you need to wake up a, a bit more in the, in those margins um cuz the frabin for, for for start right it's just it's not it's not good enough you can't concede those goals um it, it's a sort of goal you'd expect a League One or League Two team to concede away at a Premier League team in the cup, and you just can't do that when it's a Premier League fixture. Um, so ho- hopefully you, you learn from that and and don't make mistakes like, like that again. Because at nil at nil nil we were very comfortable, and and if there was one team that would go in ahead, it 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 it, it was going to be our space on performance in in my opinion. Um, so yeah, against as you say City on Sunday, you can't be doing that because you know how good. Holland, Foden, Grealish, Doku, you can't be doing that against those. We'll go through one more too good, too bad, because I think uh, by the basis of the first three and and looking through the rest of them, they are all very, very similar. Um, We'll go to Ads, who put as uh, his first good thing, no injuries, which we've been waiting to say for, for quite some time. Um, plus, when you you add in that there are several players getting back to full fitness, that can only be a good thing. 
And his second positive element was that if you play like that at home against smaller clubs, and we shouldn't have a problem picking up points. Um, I guess that that uh, our performances in our last three home games, it was Liverpool, I think it's Liverpool Palace, and then of course last night, um, it's created a new kind of standard for us. And uh, I guess that can only be a positive as well. In terms of his two bad elements, he said, Defence needs to stop switching off. Again, it was, it was a couple of, um, as Jamie alluded to, uh, negative moments, a couple of, as as Ads puts it, switching off. It wasn't anything more than that. And then sloppy goals conceded again. Um, and he put at the end, I know I've had two good points, but I want to add Ross Barkley is phenomenal. Uh, something that goes without saying now because... The consistency of his brilliant performances has con- has continued, Kieran. Um, we obviously, when we got him at the start of the season, there was a thought of how good he can be. But in, in total honesty, he surpassed what I think he could have possibly done already. He's one of those when you've got when you've got old boys sitting around you saying that he's one of the best players that they've seen at the Kenny. You know, you've unearthed an absolute gem of a player and he's a workhorse which is surprising because obviously the reputation that sort of preceded him before coming to Luton was very much technical he's quality he's got a talent work ethic wasn't one of the things that got mentioned if anything it was one of the things that was like actually that's where he suffers but I've not seen this lazy Ross Barkley that people have mentioned I've not seen it one bit ever since he started he had the game against West Ham where he was sort of bit part but that was his first proper minutes for Luton Ever since then, he puts in 90 minutes and he puts in a shift. He was by far the best player on the pitch last night. Sack, like Take Saka off, screw Erdegaard and Rice. The best midfielder on the pitch last night was Ross Barkley. And that says a lot. The fact that you had those world-class talents on the pitch and their performances were overshadowed probably by a bit of diving. But because Ross Barkley was just that level above them is incredible. And that's the sort of player we've got. I was sort of... One of the conversations I've been having today is very much like, I would love to see Ross Barkley in a three-man midfield. If you bring in Lokonga and Nakamba and let Barkley have the freedom of Luton, Christ, can you imagine the sorts of things that he'd be able to do rather than having to run back and drop deep to collect the ball and then sprint back up the pitch and then sprint back? Give him the chance to just be that creative midfielder, be that box-to-box midfielder if he needs to, but he's not doing as much of the dirty work because he's got two men behind him that are more than capable of doing that. But more so... They're two players that can provide a killer pass to him to put him in a further position to then get more men progressing up the pitch. Like, as good as Ross Barkley is right now, I firmly believe there's actually another level to him and we're going to see it over the next, what, five, six months. An exciting prospect indeed. Jamie, let's talk Elijah Adebayo. It's a drum you've been banging for a while. You wanted to see him start. He eventually did. And he put in a, a decent performance. He obviously got his goal. He worked incredibly hard. He, the ball stuck with him as well. Um, it was a, a very good display from a player that's, well, I say found minutes hard to come by, found starts hard to come by this season. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, very pleased with him. Um, for feeling a bit vindicated in in what I've been been asking for. Um, and I, I, I don't want to start Bash Morris, I think he's been excellent for us and it is hard to jump up a league, especially to the Premier League. Um, 
so he needs time but he also needs to know that his position isn't isn't guaranteed and you've got a, an Elijah Adebayo who in his substitute appearances that he's come on in in recent weeks I thought he's been excellent um and I was saying at Brentford to, to, to the guys around me like I, I I don't mind at in in our status where we are at the minute as a as a club fighting to stay in the league I, I don't mind a lack of quality or that finishing touch or just like just 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 general being being out out muscled by a defender because you're Gabriel and Saliba and you're Roger van Dijk and they're world-class centre-halves like I, I I can allow that but for me one of the concerns with Morris was it was getting to a point where it seemed a bit of lack of effort or, or lack of will to want to press the centre-half now for me last night that was polar opposite with Eli and Yes, okay, there's a caveat where it's time and a place. You can't be doing that for 90 minutes, and I, I fully appreciate that. But it's all about running the channels. It's it's the, 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 There was times the ball was put over the top, and Eli was running the channels and putting Gabriel under pressure, and I wasn't seeing that for Morris. And it's not just you're pressing and you're trying to get in the way of, of, of like a passing channel, but it's a stick your arm on him just just try and just try and sort of lightly elbow him in, in the shoulder just 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 to know you're there and and just just get in the heads um and he he, he that's that's all that's all I want from a number 9 in this system um i think the the voices that were calling for a tactical change to provide morris more support appreciating the stat that morris has won or competed or whatever the stat is in terms of aerial duels and he, and he is good at that but He's he's he, he may he may be winning the first contact, but it wasn't sticking. Where it was with Eli last night, it, it was starting to stick. He was winning some fouls. Um, so yeah, I I I think Eli deserves to keep his place against City on on Sunday. It's just all about that 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 want to lead the line. And you, even though Morris was struggling, you can't just change the tactical setup of of the team for one player. I mean, the the first protocol was always to try and change personnel. Give Eli a go in that position, even give someone like a Jacob Brown a go in that in that position to see how they do. And if the same issues are reoccurring, then maybe it's an issue tactically. Now, small sample size, and I'm one that that I really like seeing a bigger sample size. So Eli needs to show it over the next two, three, four, five games. But so far, so good, and I think. If he continues to put in performance like he did last night, but as we say, a, a, a smaller club like a Palace, who we who we beat, you got Brighton coming across in January. Obviously, noting that we got three really difficult home games coming up, but even against the Thiago Silva at, at the Kenny in an endless month against uh, Jamal Lascelles, if, if Botman's not back, like you, you can put these centre halves under pressure, and for me, that's what Eli does. Um, so. I, I see no reason why Morris gets back in until Eli starts to, to drop his performance levels. And that's a really positive thing, right? Where we, we now know that that number nine position, it isn't nailed on for one for, for, for one person. Eli will know that Carlton Morris is breathing down his neck, so he has to put in the performance. Um, so that, that is a, a big positive for, for me last night. And I really hope he, he puts in the same level of performance on Sunday against the best team in Europe. I think it's it's hard to argue with that. Um, take your pick of centre-halves, Bardio, Diaz, Ake, Stones, Akanji, like five world-class centre-halves that would get into 95% of teams in this league. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, it's again, it's it's a tough game Sunday, but if Eli keep, keeps it up and does what he did last night, I've got no no concerns that he'll put those, those centre-halves under pressure either. 
Kieran, that was probably the biggest talking point in terms of team selection yesterday. There were also, um, like any other game week, there, there are always talking points when it comes to the lineup. Ogbeni missing was, was, I guess, key. Uh, sorry, Ogbeni missing from the 11 was quite a, a bold decision. But I think I said to you at the time, it looked like the three most aggressive pressers starting up front for us. Did you see it that way? Did you think with um, with Brown, with Eli and with Townsend, we've got three players that were going to relentlessly press them and, I guess, signal what we were going to try and do? It was one of those, like me and you obviously spoke before and during the game as well, just about sort of Obene's presence in the game. And it, I think him not starting kind of indicated he wasn't 100% fit, which is fine. But then him being on the bench was a clear indication that he is going to get minutes and he is going to get on. I was surprised that Townsend started over him. Like Brown or Bene and Eli as a front three, I really wanted to see. However, Townsend had a quality game last night. And I think there was a lot of discourse. I'm going to completely change the subject because I want to actually praise Andros Townsend for one thing. And you either did see it or you didn't see it. And I think us that were there saw it on the TV, probably not so much. For the second goal, that corner, if you did see it, Townsend's on David Raya. And he's just tugging his shoulder and he's tugging his shirt just like this. Little pinches, nothing. All season long, we have been complaining about other teams doing gamesmanship, diving, fainting fouls, pushing us, shoving, pulling shirts, everything. We've been bitching and moaning all the time. That's the one occasion I absolutely loved to fucking see it last night. Raya's there waiting for the corner. Townsend tugging his shirt. All you saw is Raya, bang, shoves him away. Just as the corner's getting taken, he gives him another little pinch. Doughty whips it in. Goal. Rattled. Big time. And the thing, the key thing is, is that I could make a song and dance by this and take the piss and be like, oh, yeah, David Raya, funny, you're crap, because you were last night. But the key point is, we don't do enough of that. We don't do enough of this gamesmanship stuff. And we talked at the start of the season, when we brought Townsend in, we went Premier League experience. But with Premier League experience comes that thought of doggedness that sort of i'm just going to wind you up i'm just going to frustrate you i'm going to get in your head and you're going to lose it and he did because he made a mistake for the goal you could say that townsend's fault you could say that he's the reason that he lost his head you might not look at it that way the way i see it is just like i said about mo salah you've got to frustrate those big players when they come to the kenny it's a loud cauldron that's already putting them off any little thing that you can do that you know other teams are getting away with doing to us Erdegaard's dive in the last few minutes. He knew he was getting away with that. Gabriel Jesus holding his head. Oh, he's elbowed me. Gets up absolutely fine when he's not getting it. Martinelli, oh, I'm going to limp around for a little bit and pretend I'm hurt. Fuck off. Get off the pitch then. But it's those little things that if you're going to let these teams do it to us, give it back. Don't be, don't pussyfoot around other teams. Like, oh, no, it's fine. Like, no. Into them. Give it back to them. And Townsend showed it last night. So in that sense, that does answer your question of the best front three started last night. And I'm gutted that when we took the three off, the standards weren't the same. And like, I do have an issue with that. Like, Obene was the only positive change of those three. And it was gutting to see because you had Townsend who was pressing. He got the assist to Barkley's goal because Townsend would be on the right pressing, but he'd also come inside and offer that third option. You had Brown, who was relentless. And every time he had the ball, we got Ben White on skates. Eli, like Jamie said, running through channels, winning aerial duels, chesting the ball down and Brown's off. 
And then you have Morris come on. He barely pressed Gabriel, barely pressed Rice, barely pressed Saliba. Chong, reactive, not proactive. Obene, quality. And he was got, like just unlucky in a couple of the chances he made. But obviously, it's easier to say in hindsight, but only one of those changes worked yesterday. Yeah, it's interesting going back to to your point with the sort of the three players that came on. Obviously, it was at a difficult time. Um, I think Arsenal had just got the third. And I think from then, we knew what kind of game it was going to turn into. Um, naturally, I think we were going to press, uh, push back. And, you know, as much as you try and combat it, as much as Edwards would, would have wanted us to get up the pitch and, and you know, be as aggressive as we were, it, it just naturally became um, defence via attack, particularly that last 15 minutes. I thought that's what made it quite difficult, um, particularly for Chong. Um, but I do agree with Morris. And I think with his pressing, he we, we know he's not as relentless as Elijah. He tries to be quite clever and, and narrow the angles into, into midfield rather than going through people. Um, so I do get it. I do get why that can be frustrating, but I don't think it's a lack of effort with him. I never, I've never thought that it's a lack of effort or lack of desire. It's more that he wants to stop the opposition from playing rather than dispossessing. And I think it's, it's, it's mindset rather than lack of effort. Um, again, that might be me looking into it a bit too much. But yeah, it was definitely a change in intensity levels. And I don't know whether that was just the way the game was playing out with Arsenal getting that, that third and, and subsequently wanting to go on and win that game. Or I don't know if it was the, the subs that kind of enforce that um but we'll never know that is for sure we're going to head into a little break now when we're back we'll start previewing the next match at kenworth road manchester city hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We are back for part two of today's episode. And now we turn to the next fixture, Manchester City at home. Kenilworth Road is going to have to be loud again. Um, it's going to have to be everything that, that it was on Tuesday night. Um, Manchester City, probably widely now regarded as the best team in the world. Um, table perhaps doesn't suggest that at the moment. Six points behind um, Arsenal, but we know with Manchester City, they always seem to make up ground and they come very, very strong for the second part of the season. Just looking at where they are now, Kieran, third, 30 points from 14, best goal difference. By Pep Guardiola's high standards, he won't be um, too impressed at the moment. But as I alluded to there, um, they are a team that have the ability to claw back 
at um, at disadvantages. And I think, again, that's what most people expect in this season for City to claw back at at Arsenal. Yeah, I think it's almost like you do it deliberately, isn't it? It's like, right, first third, we know we're going to cruise through. You'll probably win two thirds of those games, blah, blah, blah give up a result here and there but the trouble is like as anyone knows at this point anyone that's watched Premier League football even if you've only watched it three to five years when City want to turn it on that's it that's all it takes they just turn it on simple as that they they set the level like they are the level you have to sell to achieve there's a reason that Liverpool lost out to the title by a point and they lost less games than City in that year because even losing one out of 38 games was not good enough to win the title that year. Arsenal, last year, everyone thought they were an unbelievable side. And I think they're a better side this season than they are last season, which is why they've still maintained that top of the league position. They're still not the level. They're not the ones setting the standard for the league this year. Still, again, because City always have that next level. They're always one step ahead of everybody. So if they want to turn it on, They'll put in a good performance. If they don't, they won't. It's it's mental that the best team in the world, it's as black and white as that. If they want to play, they'll play. If they don't, they won't. That's all you can say. And Jamie, like Arsenal, there's quality throughout that team. Um, we we could go every position um, of the first team squad to the subs, to the reserves, to probably their their. Uh, you know they're under 23s and it is full of top level quality um we have to mention him because since he's come to england he's taken the division by storm erling Haaland. You, you think of the defensive situation at the moment with the injuries we've got um yeah it's going to be a very very difficult afternoon evening for for whoever has to deal with him because he's not just this hold-up player that is strong, powerful, uh, will link up play. He can go in behind. He can pretty much do whatever he likes. Um, so it's going to be down to us as fans and down to, to those centre-backs to, to make life as difficult as possible for him. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> don't really know what else to say. Erling Haaland, right? Um, I mean, last year, he was a freak of nature. Um, I don't, don't know how many goals he scored. It was give like give or take around forty. Um, he was just incredible, robot esque. Um, I guess if I was to look at a positive, he's not been quite at that level this season. He's he's missing a few chances. He's probably getting a bit more rattled than than. Then before, I think before he just literally head down, score a hat trick, get subbed off after half hour, and then <laughs> job done. Whereas, whereas now he's he, if he he is missing chances. That there was the game against Liverpool, where he he, he yeah he, he should he should have bagged a few more, but he he, he didn't. Um, but that's just me trying to stay positive against who is um, probably an argument with Harry with Harry Kane, but one of the best number nines in the world, um, incredible and. Feel sort of lucky to be able to see him at Kenworth Road. That is, if PGMOL don't decide to give him an, a nice little ban because of his antics the, the other day. Um, but yeah, Erlen Horden at the Kenny. Um, 
hope hope Tom Tom Lockyer is back to do the famous old pocket in that that he's done with some other centre forwards before. And then you look out wide on the left, the real selection dilemma for for Pep Guardiola this season between uh, Doku and Grealish, both provide world class talent. That is that doesn't really need to be said, but but both are quite different players. Grealish. Excellent ball manipulation, excellent combination play. He'll come in and, and he's more of a creator, whereas Doku, pace, power, um, trend of skill as well, but but a completely different kind of player to Grealish. Um, also in that in that attack, Phil Foden, who incredible, incredible left foot vision, um, unlike most in this division. Uh, Alvarez as well, that's turned into to a real goal machine. Um, still very young and, and has won a lot already. There's a lot of an att- attacking talent, but but also defensively speaking, um, they're they're as resolute as you can be. You mentioned the five centre backs, all of world class quality, all of which would probably get into the majority of Premier League teams. Um, and then you, you even look at the fullback situation, where where um, on the left side you'll probably get one of those centre backs that we mentioned. On the other side, Kyle Walker, who, yeah, if he's up against Ogbené, that would be some race to watch. Um, one for one for the record books, I'm sure. But it, it's just, we, we can go everywhere. We haven't even mentioned Rodri, who, I don't know, I, I believe is probably the most influential player in that team. Uh, There's just talent everywhere and it'd be quite, it'd be quite easy for, for Rob Edwards to get lost in how to prevent them from playing as opposed to how to get us playing because there there is th- threats coming from pretty much everywhere. Yeah, um, I think, as you say, Rodri's so influential. Uh, I think they've lost the last three games where he's not been playing. Um, play Villa tonight as, as we're recording this. So that'll be intriguing to see what how that turns out. Um, Unfortunately, get getting a midweek rest, which isn't isn't helping us because he'll be back fully, fully sort of rested and and, and recovered for our game on on Sunday. Um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say. That I mean, yeah, I, I think you you need to try and look past how good they are and try and look at their weaknesses. Um, Tactically, they're they're a bit niche, right? With this sort of three two four one where they're playing that. Probably John Stones alongside Rodri in those sort of in those in that defensive shield too. Walker as a right centre half, but can equally get get forwards. Um, yeah, it, you, you you could write like papers on on a Pep Guardiola set up and, and how he's transitioned his his sides over the years. Um, so it's fascinating. It, it's going to be really intriguing to see it in the flesh um, at Luton. Um, Thankfully, I think Doku might be injured, so that's a, that's a positive. But then you've got Phil Foden, who still seems like he's not really playing week in, week out, but still hitting incredible heights. Um, Jack Grealish, yeah, very good. Alvarez, Messi's best mate, World Cup winner, um, who despite losing equally well, world-class midfielder Kevin De Bruyne, they still somehow managed to convert who you would who who you would normally think is a number nine into this sort of attacking midfielder role off off Haaland um just behind him and Alvarez. So um it's fascinating. It really is fascinating. Um and certainly I think that there's no argument about it for me. We'll be the best 
team that I have seen at Kenworth Road in my Luton lifetime. Yeah, there's probably, probably a lot of arguments as to, to how good they are in terms of the past um, most successful teams. They certainly have to be up there. Um, probably more recency biased because because of my age, but they are the best team I believe I've I've ever come across or ever seen. Um, I guess you can't. It's difficult to compare to say Arsenal Invincibles when you're so young and you can't quite um, assess them as you would this City team, but. I think by far the best team in Europe at the moment um, displayed that last season in the Champions League. Um, but yeah, I think what you, you mentioned there, I don't think they're quite at the levels that they displayed last season. That is by no means a slight at them because they are still unbelievable in, in every department. But that's just how high standards we are talking here. Kieran, we, we mentioned our game plan. We mentioned Edwards, what he wants from this game and what he'll be telling his players as part of the message where do you think we could potentially expose city because like any game of football it's it's not it's not written the chapter's not closed we could potentially win this football match it's weird i'm looking forward to this answer bloody hell (laughs) good luck mate (laughs) brilliant um no comment how can we exploit manchester city kieran go on for for 40 marks (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, you marked me out of a hundred uni assignment, yeah. Dissertation, right. Easy, yeah, anyway, so I'll be honest, it's probably going to be pretty similar to Arsenal. It's going to be set pieces, it's going to be through counter attacking, and it sounds like obvious answers, right? But look at how good we were from set pieces against Arsenal. Like any relegation fight inside needs to find a strength in there somewhere and set pieces are a gold mine for any team at any point because they can go either way if you come up against a team like us who clearly practice set pieces otherwise we ain't scoring two of two out of three goals last night with a set piece it's trouble even with the best players in the box trying to head those balls out it's unpredictable not even Gabriel and Saliba marked Gay Bosho last night that set piece Eli little nod because he had a bit more height on him you never know equally Eli's pressing to me you could see David Raya was a little bit uneasy now you know you've got Edison who's he's a cocky little bastard in goal he loves to just yeah give me the ball and I'll just do this that and the other I'll clear it off the goal line and yeah I love it whatever Eli and Ogbené applying pressure to a keeper like that that's where I'm looking at as well. It's set pieces. I'm looking at pressure and encouraging him to make a rash decision when distributing the ball. Because whilst he's got world-class quality in doing it, don't give him all the time in the world to think of that option. Put him under pressure and go, no, nah, I'm forcing you over there. But you haven't got a choice. You don't get to play it to Haaland. You have to play it over there now. And it's like, oh, okay, whoa. All of a sudden, that's where we can then capitalise if we have more players in that area sweep the ball up and try and make something of it. It's probably obvious. We know we're not going to have that much of the ball come Sunday, but it's just about when we do have the ball, not rushing it, not being this team that gives away the ball needlessly. Like There were so many spells of play yesterday where we were just keeping hold of the ball, and that is fine. He's not having to lump it up and try and make a chance. Just keeping hold of the ball and being comfortable with the ball and knowing that your chance is going to come at some point. Don't rush that chance. 
make that chance. You saw how quick Arsenal shifted the ball. If we shifted with them across the pitch immediately, Erdegaard, bang, spins. All right, we'll go that way then. But there's a reason they do that. It's because they try and just exploit that space. But we can do the same. We have that quality in there to do the same, even to a Man City. We did it to Arsenal last night. You never know. As they say, never say never. I think, Jamie, the interesting aspect of, well, it's all very, very interesting, but what I can't get my head around is that we are, I think, on Labbrook's 18-1 to to, to win this game, to win a home league game, uh, 18-1, to which has to be, um, happy to be proved wrong, proven wrong, but that has to be the highest odds we, we've ever been to, to win a home league game. Uh, away from home, yeah, definitely. You, you can see probably something that exceeds that. But 18-1 to one to, to win a home league game, to win at Kenworth Road, um, that has to be the highest. Yeah, and it's actually quite appealing, despite how much we praise Manchester City and how good they are and it's all, all factually correct. Um, if you look at the games we've had against the, the, the better sides this season, you've got, I mean, obviously you have to exclude the first few games with, with, with the Chelsea one, but since then, Spurs at home should have got a point. Liverpool at home, so unlucky to, to not get all three. United away, I think unlucky to, to for that not to be a nil-nil game despite a few mistakes and not really causing too much problems. And then last night, we're seconds away from getting a point against top of the league. Um, and if you really delve deeper into the Arsenal game at 3-2, probably should have held on for a bit longer. And if that does stay 3-2 for longer, then who knows? You're not, you're not far off getting all three points. So when it comes to it... Um, is it going to be, what's that, fourth, fifth time lucky? Is it going to be, we've now had all these games where we've made our mistakes, we've learned from them, um, and now we're going to put in the perfect performance. Uh, so, yeah, Man City are unbelievable. Man City are the best team I have ever seen in my lifetime. Because um, I've, I've seen them a few times when I was at, I was in Manchester for, for a work placement. I've seen them and they're very, very good and they're even better now than what they were back then because they've got Erling Haaland. Um, but they're not unbeatable. They are conceding goals. Appreciate it's against good teams, but letting three goals against Spurs. Spurs are a good side, but like Manchester City teams have, haven't let in those amount of goals before in terms of what I can remember, not not, not consistently. Um, so they do have weaknesses. It's up to Rob and the team to try and exploit those weaknesses. Um, and who knows? It, could it be be one for the, the history books? Could, could we beat Man City at home? And could that kickstart, not kickstart a season, but I mean, or, or does it kickstart a season? Because fundamentally performances have been very good, but nine points or 15 is not good enough. So could that kickstart our season in terms of points? Who knows? It's unlikely, but at 18 to 1, it, it, it might be worth a few quid. Well, that is it for today. Let's hope when we're talking afterwards, uh, there's a few people that have picked up a bit of money after betting <laughs> on the Hatters defeating Manchester City. Until next time, until after the Man City game and before the form of game, it is goodbye from us.
paydays are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.